So this is meant to be our celebratory end of year, you know, joy pod. And me and James are both sick. <laughs> oh, you diseases. This is a plague ship, yeah. Welcome aboard, Nate. <laughs> oh, this is like the eighth time this week that I found myself on board a plague ship. Um, I didn't think you two would do it across me. I'm trying my best. I've got I've got Lemset. <laughs> That's a, another squandered sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> keep knocking the fucking mic it's all going wrong ah welcome listener to this season two episode christmas of the electronic wireless show podcast rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion which is that of alice bell we've i've been away loads at the tail end of this year so i apologize but um we're back we're all here i'm joined by nate crowley hello nate hello it's good to all be back it's like in Lord of the Rings, when um, everything's fine at the end and Frodo wakes up in the bed and everyone's leaping around in slow motion. Who is it that he sees and he's like, just blanks? It's like he's like, Strider! Oh, the disembodied head of Hugo Weaving. I, th- I think, isn't it? I saw a YouTube video the other day entitled All the Times That uh, Lord of the Rings, but only when Legolas speaks to Frodo. Uh, and it's just you have my bow and then it ends <laughs> that's it because he wakes up in bed and he's like slow-mo being like Gandalf. and then legolas walks you in mean. and he's like file not found <laughs> and just stare yeah it's just it's gonna be really interesting next time i do a watch through because i'll be focusing on the fact that legolas and frodo either despise <laughs> each other or find each other alien in a profound way. <laughs> uh, well, well, I, I mean, blessings be upon this house as we come to the end of the year. Um, I'm obviously feeling a bit manic. I slept terribly last night. I can't breathe. Uh, James has got a cough. We'll endeavour to not leave horrible noises on this recording as we sniff and snort our way through it. Um, Nate, you're healthy, I assume? Yeah. Yeah, I am actually. I'm um, I'm I'm quite fit at the moment, actually. Oh, have you been benching? Have you built like an orc gym out of scrap metal? Pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've I've been because um, now I'm looking after less fish tanks, but very very well. I'm doing a lot of water changes, so I'm just running up three flights of stairs all the time with twenty liter water bottles, becoming the Incredible Hulk. Well, that's good. I love yeah, that for you. Um, Saxton Hale for Christmas. An important question. Can either of you remember anything that happened in the first six months of the year? Because I was going to properly go back through all the news stories and stuff and then I ran out of time because I was scheduling all the Christmas content. So I just go... <laughs> I, like... I'm really glad you're not doing that because that's what I'm doing for the tower. Okay, okay, good. Okay, okay. James, do you have any memories of the year that was? <laughs> so my my personal <laughs> gotti, uh hi-fi rash actually came out like very, very early in the year. God, I feel like um, that was five minutes ago, though. I, time yeah, time is a flat circle. <laughs> I can't believe we've only been doing this this year. Um, I just In my head, I was quite confident that this had been the podcast lineup for two years now. Um, but then I suppose time works differently in the warp, yeah. doesn't it? I, uh, do you I'm know still, what? Um, I'm still a podcast baby. <laughs> I, do, quick shout out at the top of the pod to James Archer, who stepped up i basically was like who on staff has got the best voice (laughs) (laughs) look james has got a great voice not right now 
<laughs> there is only one answer to that. It's Ollie Toms. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess regular listeners will have never had any reason to hear guides as to Ollie Tom speak, but his voice is uh, extremely... Uh, what would the... Mellifluous, would that be the right word? It's very... It's very smooth. It's very smooth. It's like an industrial treacle spillage in Valhalla. It, Glorious voice. <laughs> but uh, James is, has never done a podcast before, and I think he has stepped up admirably and done a great job. So thank you, James. Round of applause oh, to James Archer. Thank you, James. I didn't oh, realise you hadn't done a so podcast much. before. No, no. Well, like I said, podcast, baby. Um, l- oh. Luckily, I... Luckily, I had a, I had a nice mic lying around because I, I sometimes test uh, microphones being a hardware editor. Um, but yeah, no, it's, a, it, it, it's, it's been good though. I'm I'm very grateful to everyone being like welcoming to me, despite me not being Matthew Castle. Well, I think you have enough weird food opinions that it was a smooth transition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did notice the incredibly traumatic childhood games you played. Um... You know, that's it's half the course. Uh, oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, that's no problem. But our intended topic this week, I don't know, there's a topic segue back there somewhere. I'll fucking put in the sting in three minutes. I don't know, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the year and talk about our favourite games uh, and what's gone on. Because uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm sick. Everyone's like, what? It's been a, a bad year for the games industry. There have been lots of awful layoffs and stuff, but it's been a great year for games. Uh, do you know what? I don't know if I agree anymore. <laughs> I was thinking about yeah. it. I was thinking about it. And I was like, was it that good? Do you think it was good, lads? Okay, well, I, just, I think it was above average. Um, there, I, I, I'm not blind to the fact that the, the free, according to Steam, because Steam's just done its like, yearly roundup thing um like year in review thing uh the three games i've played most this year all came out either i think 2022 2018 or 2007 um <laughs> what, what? team fortress so, 2 really is your spider's george it really it? Is. <laughs> Um, twenty one twenty one percent of the all the Steam games I played this year were Team Fortress Two. That's um, you're an aberration, James. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> one minute. Thanks for stepping up and joining us. You're an aberration. You must you're be purged a, in the shoot. <laughs> you're a disgusting, ugly freak. It's um, just weird, isn't it? <laughs> I my. My twenty-two percent most played game was Power Wash Simulator, like a normal person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's, there's maybe like my, my year has been. There hasn't been that many games I've been like absolutely, completely head over heels in love with. Um, but there have been like quite a few, quite a few games which I like wouldn't normally see myself being into, but to, I did try them and they turned out really good. Um, stuff like, well, I guess High Fire Rush is probably one, so I don't play a lot of hack and slashes. Um, Viewfinder, I really liked. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I think there's been a, a, a fair bit of fair bit of good stuff. Probably like an above average year. No, no, not a vintage year. It's been a funny one for me. Uh, I, I, I did the numbers. I've actually played less. I've spent less time playing PC games this year. Um, than I think at any point since I had Steam installed. Um, it, I mean, I still played like probably like more than a reasonable human, um, but it was it was my 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 lowest ebb. Um, I think it's for a lot of the year I was just feeling quite just not particularly grabbed by anything that was coming out. However, uh, Baldur's Gate Three uh, was a huge bite of my playtime this year, and now like accelerating from nowhere like a frightening comet uh rogue trader um i think i've put about one week into that over the last week (laughs) you've played for the last week you've played it 24 hours a day (laughs) i've no life to it's been amazing um it's just it's yeah um it's eaten my game of the year competition like pac-man wow okay Okay. So yeah, drama. 
I think my perception is skewed because I, um, as is the lot of, you know, the, the stuff that's been at a website longest, is you often end up reviewing some of the bigger games that come out because you're seen as sort of a safe pair of hands almost. <laughs> you're not going to absolutely yeah. biff the review into the sun. Um, so I, And I'm a Star Wars liker, so I reviewed Star Wars, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and I did Diablo Four because I like I like Diablo and uh, Starfield. Jesus Christ! Um, you had some big eggs to crack this. I year. cracked some big eggs this year, and I found them thoroughly whelming. Is is the thing I think I like thinking about it. Actually, pretty much every game you've reported back on on this show, you've been whelmed by. I know, and like, I think the thing is for me. It's, yeah, my year has been characterised by doing these massive big games that are all very well made, people at the top of their game working very, very hard, that are ultimately sort of safe and not, I feel like not advancing, if you'll forgive me, video games as a, as a cultural <laughs> art form. You know, they're not saying anything, they're not doing anything, they are calculated to be as inoffensive as possible. And um, I just, I was just like, oh, <laughs> it just, it was just like eating a rusk every day. For <laughs> <laughs> Safe ages. bets do get really old really quick. And and I it, I played um, <laughs> I played the Avatar game. I played a bit of it. Um, really? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Did, did, did I make it sound fun by accident? What I really like the world. The jungle is beautiful that you scamper around in, but it's it is, it so it's the like James said, it is the most video game video game that has ever existed. It like you pray or like you commune, you know, with your, the spirits of your ancestors, and you get a fucking double jump. <laughs> like, what? oh, really? But that, honestly, that's par for the course. I, I bet. The Native Americans wish they got a double jump, you know, <laughs> for fuck's sake. I, it just mirrors what I think about the films, to be honest. Like, you know, unlimited budget and, you know, pretty much unfettered directorial vision. I just thought they're really unimaginative films. <laughs> like, if I'm honest, and yeah, you know, they were the most blockbustery blockbusters. Not bad. Uh, but it just, yeah, what what you said about the games then was very familiar. Yeah, I d- one of my favourite things about it, I can't remember if I mentioned it talking to James, is that um, it, we, we got uh, Ed to review it. And I think he did a bang up job with his review, actually. But he had never culturally encountered Avatar in any form before. <laughs> so he was playing it. Truly? <laughs> yeah. So he, he was like alarmed at how big the, <laughs> the Navi are. <laughs> The first time he didn't realize they weren't like human size, he was like, Fuck it. That would be really unnerving, yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, yeah, and he had no idea. Although, in fairness, I learned yesterday that because uh, I was taking Ed screen sharing with Ed, our staff writer, and showing him how I did a, a little thing in Photoshop, and uh, and he was like doing it along with me, and he was like, Oh, I, I did that wrong, and I was like, Well, just control Z. And he was like, "What?" And he is—he—he he is never. Oh in, no! Come on! He's never in his gone his whole <laughs> life until about lunchtime yesterday, not knowing that you could undo anything instantly with controls. <laughs> oh, I want to tell you about a thing. Um, oh, it's a bit of a tangent, but I forgot to tell you about it a minute ago, and you will think it's cool. Okay. I saw a drone show this week. Right. And about 500 drones all made a giant dinosaur while um, giant bass speakers boomed completely rubbish science. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it was this this drone, like, um, you know, the the synchronised performance things. And it was meant to be the story of evolution in 20 minutes. but yeah, did did jump straight from the extension of the dinosaurs to the Egyptians. So quite quite an abridged history, but very impressive. That implies that there, 
there's a direct like one to the other that the dinosaurs turned into pyramids like <laughs> like transformers and of course, the dinosaurs are still with us today yeah. <laughs> in egypt where they live in pleasant society in cairo <laughs> i mean that would be good wouldn't it that'd be great lads well actually didn't that happen in um no it's malta in jurassic world dominion the only fun bit of that film was they had sort of an 80s fantasy movie like literal black market underground where they were selling like muppet dinosaurs the whole film should have been that would have been great um but yeah i think to circle back my point is i didn't feel like the bigger i think only alan wake was doing mad shit that was fun or interesting, you know, and the the little games that did weird stuff didn't, for me, make up as much of my year this time. Uh, they may have made up a big part of everyone else's year, but stuff like um, uh, Mediterranean Inferno, which was really weird and cool, um, that you know, I only played a bit of that kind of thing. Um, so that. I feel when people are saying like, oh, great year for video games, but such a bad year for the games industry. I'm a bit like, was it? Is it? Is it? Uh, you, you, you liked um, Baldur's Gate 3, right? That's fair. I did really what, like Baldur's Gate 3. Imagine it. That is fair. And that made up, yeah, okay. Baldur's Gate and Power Simulator make up about 20% of <laughs> all of my playtime this year each. And then the remaining 60% is me playing like, weird little puzzle games i guess from like two years ago i wish i was more into Baldur's gate 3 than i was i, I actually feels like i'm it feels like i'm missing out on something even though when i when i play it like i know i struggle to get into it i tell you that god's honest truth i haven't finished it and i don't don't know if i will um it's it's not the games oh so it sounds like i'm explaining away a breakup it's not the game's fault um no, it's this. There's something. There's a problem that modern D and D has, where the characters in it are essentially modern people who are like they are such well-written characters, and you know they're they're incredible to interact with, and their stories are very compelling. But to me, yeah, they're almost just like real-world people, and it seems almost arbitrary that they're in this fantasy world that I end up caring about a lot less. I think that's why I've had this like absolute party with with rogue trader because although it's uh mechanically i think Baldur's gate 3 is probably in a, in a slightly higher class but just because i'm so familiar with the setting i'm not having to spend you know any disinterest and it's sort of it's what i wanted to have from Baldur's gate i felt almost guilty when i didn't finish Baldur's <laughs> gate 3 because i went into it liking it so much and i didn't disagree with any of the good things that were said about it I just, uh, you know. I feel that way about so many games that are like, particularly Souls likes or um, stuff like Slay the Spire, like deck builders. I just don't have the headspace to like engage with them. Do you know, like how you'll be good at certain kinds of puzzles? Like, I'm really good at jigsaws and like visual puzzles, and I'm terrible mm. at anagrams. Uh, and deck builders are just anagrams to me <laughs> i just cannot fucking well that's that's them pretty astute yeah um <laughs> thanks uh but Baldur's gate i feel like loads of people would really love the the depth and the layering and stuff if you just took out the combat the combat i think is a big turn off for a lot of people because it's quite hard and it doesn't really help you that much with it i don't know what do you do? You... No, it's yeah. it's. A, it, I was thinking about that this morning because, like, the com the the combat in Rogue Trader is amazing. It's very very. Um, a, apparently, it's a lot more like a JRPG, um, than than people I know have expected. I haven't played many JRPGs, so I don't know. But there is there is an awful lot of like synergistic tactics. Um, very, 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 very silly granular stacking, you know, qualities with it, not very memorable names, kind of things. Um, and yeah, the the combat game is brilliant, um, but it, it 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 fills a completely different need from the role playing game, and that was definitely the case. But Baldur's Gate, I would have just liked to have as a visual novel. I think. Sorry, I took a very long time to say that. 
That's good. I've uh, <laughs> this is one of the the uh, nerdiest things, but the the tail end of this year, I discovered an Australian dungeons like an uh, Australian dice uh, shop who hand make their dice. A small batch make them like artisanal cheese, and they've done a series of, of dice that are themed around the Baldur's Gate characters and I probably I had to like set an alarm for like 11 at night to like make sure and I didn't even manage to get a full set I only got a Gale D20 single and <laughs> but they're so good oh yeah that's, that's not the winning winning number is it no but it was great and I've joined the Discord community and stuff now. I've gotten it. I I really like the culture around Baldur's Gate. I think it's very positive and stuff. But this is a little. I can lead in to talk about the most recent Game Awards because um, there was a big response to that this year, and I think it maybe is because of the vibe of the year that because the mm. Game Awards has always been an award, uh, uh, an ad show. You know, it's never actually been about the awards. Um. And I, I've, I've just, we don't have to be polite about it. Like every year, Jeff is like, "Oh, love games. We hear you. We're gonna have the best show ever." And then it gets worse. And people got real angry about it this time. And I, I think maybe, and like developers got annoyed about it. And I think maybe it's because having like three hours of ads during which the people that actually made the games that are being monetized get booed up, like hoiked off stage with a big stick after a minute while they're trying to say like this award is for my dad who died this year is like a kind of real distillation of how this year has felt for for the games industry i don't know what... now, that, i could disagree with that that was very well put quite bleak but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i agree <laughs> um yeah that's my take on that and I think that's kind of how the whole year feels. I'm being very down, though. Let's, James, what was your favourite game that came out this year, excluding Baldur's Gate 3? Oh, Hi-Fi Rush, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, d- 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 the whole thing about it, like, coming out of nowhere and being this really, like, upbeat, earnestly fun-loving game from a studio that's mainly known for horror was, like, really nice in its own way. Um and the game, and the game itself is like it's really, it's really good. Like it has such like a gen, a, a, such like a genuine love and appreciation for music, which I guess like all rhythm games like kind of have to a degree. But it's like it's really, really strong in Hi-Fi Rush. Um, and me as you know a, a musicy person, like really, really digs that. Um, it makes like especially good use of licensed music, which is like kind of a rare thing. Mm. Um, I think pro- probably like my two, my two favorite moments in the game are probably also like two of my favorite games moments of the whole year. They both have, um, they both have licensed music, but it's you know it's not just because oh, it's an action sequence to a, a, like a good song. It's the you know what you're doing in the game is evokes like very strong similar feelings to what you get being at like a live show or listening to you know a really good song at home yeah. on, on massive volume and like air guitaring to it um so yeah god and and it's really funny as well it's just like it's got such a good um like comedic timing um God, yeah, it's just it's just good at <laughs> good at everything, basically. So if um, if there was like one one thing, one game this year, you would urge me and Alice not to sleep on. Um, uh, you know, if all the games were going to be deleted when the year ended, and you were <laughs> pleading with us to get just save just one, would it be Hi Fi yeah. Rush? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. Okay. What about I you, Alice? I well, I I just I did try and play Hi Fi Rush, but I found the the way that everyone I get like it's really good bit of design like everyone in it sways to the beat so that you like can see the beat happening as well but I found that quite disquieting <laughs> I, found, I found it a bit upsetting. you didn't like the you didn't like the sh- you didn't like the shrubs in the background bouncing along to the beat or... I just I don't know I just found it a bit upsetting <laughs> it's like like how i and no offense to any identical twins out there but i find identical twins very uncanny valley to encounter in real life (laughs) which was 
which was not helpful when my first job in the industry was working at a website founded by identical twins. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Tom and James Ori, every every day going into work was stepping into the void for me. Good um, My, okay. Uh, game not to sleep on. It's hard to do just one and it's hard to avoid recency bias as well, isn't it? But I do, I mentioned Mediterranean Inferno, uh, which is a really cool, weird visual novel about these young people who used to be like the coolest kids in their town and they've gone away and now they're spending one last summer together and they're sort of trying to find who they are compared with like who they used to be and um, figuring out their relationships to each other and what they mean and it's very hallucinogenic and weird and kind of threatening um and uh, uh yeah it's really good really really visually arresting um mm. yeah it is published by the uh, the studio that did saturnalia and i'm um sort of chummy with the studio lead uh pietro now uh in as much as we give each other recommendations for horror stuff and creepy things and I make fun of him for being like he's like me he's all very like ah this needs to be saying something and then he'll be like I'm sick I've been watching the Star Wars TV shows (laughs) um but uh Mediterranean Fun is very good and um a really cool visual novel that's really like singularly strange and on a similar note i'm going to cheat and recommend another one as well and this is a more recent one um but world of horror i think is great really really great yeah. it's a roguelike that i kind of understand and could get behind it's a horror game all the visuals in it it's like one bit uh it's all done in ms paint all the art in it um it's really like retro feeling it's inspired by like um, Japanese folklore and horror and yokai and uh, the works of Junji Ito who does all the weird uh, line art horror manga stuff really creepy and uh, it's so good it's just really good and it's really um, uninviting and really prickly <laughs> and and kind of difficult but like with intent and with reason and and it's uh, the the idea is each um, bit of it you're trying to save your town and the world from an old god that's been summoned and you have to do five little investigations that might be like find out who's turning the swim team at school into mermaids uh, and stuff like that and oh, I remember you telling me about this yeah, really, telling us about really good because well, yeah. you can do like a run at it really quickly so it's not there's no punishing sense of like a lack of progress or lost time and stuff and it's just really interesting and really Again, it's very singular and very like focused and very what it is, and it's not designed to appeal to as many people as algorithmically possible. It's very its own thing, and it's it's you know it's all sharp edges and weirdness. And I I think that is really to be applauded. As much as I did enjoy you know jumping around lovely planet vistas in Star Wars and finding loads of new trousers and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I like I you know just games that are doing something you know um, all games are good but some are more good than others. <laughs> it, it's always like coming across something genuinely new always makes you feel a bit younger, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know what I mean? It's just a good thing. Well, it's sort of that thing of um, you know, uh, Ready Player One, where it's like, remember that thing. That was good, wasn't it? Remember that thing you liked when you were a kid? Oh, wasn't that brilliant? But I observed at the time that the movie came out. I, by the way, I fucking hate Ready Player One. I read it and I hate it so much. And I hate it partially because people are always like, oh, you're a nerd. You're like this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is a gruesome, gruesome bit of prose. But I feel, I feel like just concentrating on stuff that has already been made and doing remakes and sequels and things is such a... Uh, a kind of insult to new things and young people and the idea that nothing that we've already reached the zenith of what can be done you know do new stuff do something different 
Fuck about. Well, ironically, like the most interesting movie of the year for me was probably Barbie, which was pretty much about what you just said. Well, (laughs) (laughs) my favourite movie of the year was A Haunting in Venice, which is fucking mental. (laughs) It was like someone just gave a camera to Kenneth Branagh and and Kenneth Branagh was like, like, they were like, okay, Kenneth Branagh, what angles do you want to use for this scene? And he was like, all of them. (laughs) Anyway, Nate, what was your game that you loved this year that people shouldn't sleep on? Um, well, uh, I can't just say Rogue Trader again, even though it's about one of two things in my head along with my brain. Um, I guess actually, um, Against the Storm was, was probably the, the, the longest run I had at any game this year. I was having a go at that on the daily for a couple of months. Um, ironically, I... I fell out of love with it just before the 1.0 version came out uh, and got spoken really highly of. So, um, yeah, it's that's doing some new things. Um, it felt like it felt like an interesting intersection between um, the sort of narrative stuff that was going on in Frostpunk and some of the good old like logistical multiple stage um production line stuff that you and I like from you know like the old Sierra uh, Pharaoh Caesar games um so yeah it was you know not setting the world on fire but extremely extremely well tuned uh, and innovative enough to you know to definitely be worth a go oh, lovely um let's very quickly cuz i know Nate has <laughs> something awful planned and we need to do a beans metaphor as well let's very quickly go over what we've been playing this week james what have you been playing this past week the last week of the working year the final week uh appropriately i've been playing the finals uh the game game show starred competitive heisting fps uh, surprise released during the Game Awards. Now, I I played either two or three of the open betas for this, and every time I had a lot of fun. But now I can play it whenever. I'm actually I'm actually having a horrible time. <laughs> it feels it feels like I've been cursed, like I've <laughs> like I've wronged like like I've like I've wronged a games magician. Just in terms of like absolutely nothing going my way whenever I play the finals, um, and part part of this is like just jokes aside, dumb luck. Like because it's either it's either like three teams of three or four teams of three, and my team very often ends up in situations where it feels like multiple other teams essentially stop fighting each other to gang up on oh, us. Oh no! And I. <laughs> And I, I know that I know that isn't literally the case. Like I, I know they're not. I know they didn't like suddenly decide like steam message each other and be like, "Hey, do you want to like do like team up against these losers?" Um, but it, it feels that way. It feels that way, and it's just. But it, it but it's bullshit. But it, I, it, I, I don't know. Like I, I know you need it's to ulti- step away from the finals, man. <laughs> I know. God, I I know it's ultimately just circumstances to like where other teams spawn in and where they approach from. Um, and yeah, it fucking sucks that it happens so much. But there's no, I know there's no actual planning or reasoning behind. No, it. you're being gang stalked, um, mate. But- People have made a note of your. <laughs> name and they're like it's because I was mean about the AI voices. That's what it is. Yeah. In a previous oh, how podcast. are they? They're still. I mean, they're not. They they haven't improved. They haven't gotten worse, but you know it's still it, it's still it's still a matter of like when you know something's just uh. also like I think um, so. Rick Rick Lane, uh, occasional RPS contributor, uh, did a very good review for Eurogamer in which he pointed out like the the use of AI voices is in the finals is kind of like it's kind of like a symbol of how it doesn't really have much real personality to it. Which I think is which I think is fair. Like it has a lot of like good stylistic flourishes, like the way, like the way when you when you kill someone they explode into a shower of coins, 
um, like in Scott Pilgrim, or just kind of like how the you know how it's like a big VR simulation. So you've got like towers in the sky and a bunch of other like monsters that wouldn't work wouldn't work in real life. But it's actually none of it's all just like surface level. There's no real like the character the characters aren't really characters. They're just classes. Huh. Um, they all have you know robot voices, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's that's the thing. Um, anyway, there's also b- besides like my paranoia, um, there's also just a lot more like badly tuned meta bullshit in the finished game than I think there were in any of the betas. Like there are more there are more guns which are just better than the other guns, but you can only unlock them by playing the game for hours. So until then, you just have to kind of like sit there and take it. Um, there are more shield abilities, which just kind of ruin the tempo of fights, make it way too easy to hunker down somewhere. And oh, there's this one, there's this one tactic that pretty much every heavy class player uses, where they attach a block of C4 to an explosive canister, throw the canister at enemy player, detonate the C4, and the combined explosion is enough to you know one hit kill anyone <laughs> caught in it. And it's very easy to imagine this as like a really cool interaction and like a really clever way of intermingling the game systems but it's so simple to pull off and so reliable in its damage output yeah. when you die to it you don't think oh wow they did me like a kipper like what an absolute gold tier gamer that person is <laughs> you, think, you, you just think oh yeah well well done you press you can press the instant win button good for you you um, both are really getting a lot off your uh, chest <laughs> well my therapist is on holidays <laughs> I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to be as angry in games, but I, I guess I save it up for Wednesday mornings. Um, yeah, it just feels it just it just feels hostile at the moment in a way that it didn't feel previously. Well, that's yeah. a shame. It's like it's like it's like you've just made friends with someone and you're meeting them for only like the fourth time, and you're like, "Hey, how are you?" And they greet you with, "Oh, it's you. What do you want?" <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. I'm sad, and I'm ill. Oh. Talking is difficult. Oh, oh, poor James. Oh, <laughs> Nate. Nate, I think I can guess what you've been playing. Yeah, uh, it, th- that's been Rogue Trader. Alice. It's, it's um, it, w- w- the reason I really like it is because it's it it, it very simply does what it set out to do. It is just um, a, a big, complicated role-playing game for Warhammer, which somehow, like, there's there's never been a solid hit on that front. And it, I, I don't know how Edwin's finding it, but um, certainly the consensus seems to be that it's pretty popular. And I'm, yeah, it, that, that's just very exciting because it'd be incredibly easy to add DLC to. Um, and... One of the interesting things I noted when I started it up, um, the game is, um, well, the game as it is, is listed as a mode with other modes coming soon, which I think like, might be it's essentially extraordinarily overcomplicated, like FTL type, um, doing a run across the, you know, across the region of space, um, seeing... Yeah, how long you can not die for? That would be really good. I've never known, um, like a big RPG strike out and do odd things like that after sort of filling my single player tummy. So it's exciting. That is exciting. Although for I don't know how many other people have this problem. It may just be particular to me, but whenever it's mentioned, I just think of that BBC show that was eventually merged with what Watchdog when. A journalist and a private investigator went round on a motorbike, stopping like builders who overcharge pensioners and yelling at them. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was. Um, I think of that pretty much every time I boot the game up. I would love um, it if that was somehow incorporated into the game. It would be very good if the whole thing was building towards just trying to overcharge a Necron for a fridge. That, yeah, exactly, and and there was That's, a little like um... <laughs> a little duo of like investigative journalists doing it. So my favourite thing about that is that the go- the two in it, it was Matt Matt Allwright, I think, and then this other guy called Dan, who was just like some guy who's a private investigator or whatever. And they had this whole TV show 
where they went around investigating people for dishonest business practices. And then in 2012, the other guy, Dan, was arrested for fraud. No. Heresy. I love it's it. It's good, isn't it? That's great. Yeah, that's, that's really pleasing. Yeah, he was, claim- he was dishonestly claiming benefit frauds, like council tax relief, while he was working at the BBC. And like... I know, like, you know, addendum, I know that benefit fraud is a a tiny, 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 tiny amount of fraud compared to, like, tax fraud from billionaires. However, if you are going to do any amount of benefit fraud, don't do it while you're on fucking telly. Like, (laughs) for God's sake. That's bad fraud. By which I mean being bad at fraud. Um... Alice Estelle turned the laser-like focus of her rage onto fraud. <laughs> I'm just if you're gonna do it, do it properly. <laughs> I have been playing as um, <laughs> I've been playing because I find it very calming and zen, and obviously I've not been playing it enough. But I have gone back to Power Simulator this week. Um, They have done a new uh, DLC, which I haven't played yet, but they've got the, um, oh God, what's the film with the time travel, 88 miles an hour? Back to the Future. Event Horizon? Event Horizon! (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. Imagine if they did an Event Horizon level pack. I mean, they would need your help. (laughs) They would, that's true. You, uh, That's the horrible thing. This is a good idea. Spray down the spiky room with the 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 evil machine in it. It's all spinning <laughs> around. Um, is Event Horizon the film that people say is kind of like a stealth prequel to Warhammer 40k? That's a yeah. It's a a popular fan theory, but um, but bullshit. Yeah, I think I think it's very silly. Oh, I'd love that though. You to hose down Jason Isaac's vivisected corpse. Be good. Apparently, they didn't let him keep that after the film. Oh, does that mean that there's? They a... made like a photorealistic like carcass of him, and then wouldn't let him have it because they thought he'd be too disturbed. I wonder where it is. That is true, though. It's like annihilated, isn't like, it? Like, where would you keep it? It'd be good for like horribly traumatizing your wife in a prank, like once, and then what do you do with it? You can't fuck it in the shed, can you? And you can't use it as a Halloween costume. No. Well, unless you sort of, unless you lost a huge amount of weight and then sort of curled up into a fetal position in your own in your own chest, chest cavity. cavity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean that's just upsetting for different reasons. Yeah, it's, it's not a good item to own. Uh, but no, it doesn't have an Event Horizon uh, level pack. It has uh, the. Back to the Future level pack. But it's got a free seasonal Christmas level. It's quite a big level. It's a good level. I liked it a lot. Uh, you clean up Santa's workshop. Um, it's very good. I Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, let's move on, because for the last time this year, it feels like a good day to wear hard. Yeah, so... <laughs> So there is, once again, not much interesting hardware news at the time of recording. So I thought I'd do a very quick uh, little Good Day to Wear Hards awards. Oh, I love you. it. Mm. Um, I, we were chatting shit about awards shows last year, last week. Nate, let's see if we can like, do a better one this time. Uh, so best, best hardware thing of 2023. Uh, that is just a Steam Deck OLED. That is... Take something good, make it better, don't make it any more expensive. And in a year where most of the big graphics cards and CPU releases struggled with either the make it better part or the don't make it more expensive part, <laughs> uh, the Steam Deck OLED very much stood out. So well done to that. Well done, Steam Deck OLED. Um, I'm going to clap. Okay, continue. <laughs> they golf clap. <laughs> uh, worst... <laughs> Worst hardware thing of 2023 goes to Starfield running on any hard drive. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Now, I I don't like hard drives either. Ideally, they'd be a thing of the past. But until they are, you can't just allow your game to (laughs) disintegrate before the player's (laughs) eyes just because it's not on an SSD. Um, Bad precedent, horrifying execution there. Uh, 
biggest unsolved hardware mystery. Ooh. Uh, that goes to what happened to Atomic Heart's ray tracing. <laughs> of all of all the things wrong with Atomic Heart, I know this is probably quite far down the list, but anyone who followed it pre-release will recall that this was like this was the ray tracing game. You know, it was like the one Nvidia trotted out when they wanted to showcase how great ray tracing is and how good it looks. Mate. And yet no nowhere to be found in the game on release. I, I did ask about it. Um, I was told that developers Munfish uh, are looking to add ray tracing at a later date, but it is now 10 months later. Atomic Heart remains traced rayless. Uh, with... But it just quietly never happened. Yeah, yeah. Man, hmm. I played that game when it came out. I played a bit of it. It was like taking at, like cocaine before getting in Willy Wonka's insane chocolate tunnel. It was <laughs> such an anxiety-inducing experience. It did not let up for a second. It was very unsettling. <laughs> like a weird granny um, throwing yeah, you into that... a secret tunnel under some pigs was going on. <laughs> yeah, no, no estimate on when, if ever, that update will come, uh, which I'm sure is upsetting for both of the people still playing it on a card. Hardware concept most difficult to explain in a beans analogy. <laughs> Go goes to path tracing <laughs> it's like ray tracing but better cyberpunk 2077 has it that's all i know and definitely all that i understand about it please don't ask me to, to <laughs> well done well done well done i think someone so, someone someone on the discord actually did do a, a very a very good one um but I, I can't i've only just remembered it and i forgot to look up their name so apologies if that was you um Finally, we have the Editor's Choice Award for Best Piece of Hardware That I Never Bothered to Talk About on the Podcast. <laughs> and, and that is just the Logitech G Pro X TKL wireless keyboard. It is nothing too fancy. It's just a really, really solid... certainly rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? ...mechanical keyboard. It does. A lot, a lot, a lot, of, um, a lot of peripherals, particularly, just have product names similar to, I don't know, washing machine model numbers. Or like printers, uh, or murderous like, robots. Yes, or murderous robots, or snakes. It's not very sexy, um, but yeah, this <laughs> is it's just a really good mechanical keyboard. Uh, really nice feeling switches. The wireless connection is really good. Like battery life's really good. Um, normally, when I normally I want to get peripherals into Tesla, I just use them for a few days and then go back to my own kit. Um, but I've been using this like nonstop since I got it, which was I think October. So yeah, okay. Lovely. Lovely little keyboard and proof that you don't need stuff like customizable miniature OLED screens or translucent rubber wrist rests to make a keyboard that feels nice and deluxe. Oh. And that's uh, and that's the end of it. That's uh, great. I don't have I don't have a don't have a trailer to end on, but oh, and very brief. We didn't have to stay up till five in the morning. If you want to sponsor next year's uh, Hardware Awards, get in touch. Right. Yeah, Nate. Are you ready for the Tower of Power? I don't think I am, but... <laughs> well, this is going to be very quick um, and chaotic. So let's let's see what happens. Right. The Tower is collapsing. Um, oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Yeah, because we've all um, sinned, I don't know, uh, the tower's <laughs> collapsing and um, you've got to get out. Uh, you'll be visited by 12 ghosts um, because this is the fight before Christmas. Okay. Um, each ghost will represent a month of the year and uh, will ask a question, the answer to which can be found... Uh, in one of the podcasts for that month, um, it will be something fairly obvious. Uh, and if you get the answer right, you don't perish. Oh, great. Okay. Well, So we'll be counting how many times you perish on the way okay. out of the tower. L listeners can play along at home as well, I assume. Okay, so the first, uh, the first monster is Janus, the Roman god of January. <laughs> Uh, of course, we didn't do a podcast in January, but that's why Janice has two faces, one of them looking into the past to stare uh, at Matthew. Um, and I am going to ask you, 
James, do you know? Here's a horrible old law question. Do you know okay. the name of, of, of Matthew's famous puppeteer that he tried to trick us with? I, I, I don't recall, no, sorry. Uh, Alice, can you, can you save James from this one? Tobias Beckford. <laughs> Tobias Beckford, may he rest in peace. Excellent. Oh, that rings a bell, actually. You don't. James, you can go. refuse to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate you. Okay. <laughs> All right, so February now. Um, I don't know what Roman god that's named after, so it'll just be um, Saint Valentine with his blood sword. Um, and he wants to know uh, what um, real-life parasite the Last of Us TV show and game uh, ripped off its zombies from. Wait, say that again? Uh the Last of Us TV show came out in February, so uh, what's what's the real oh. life parasite? Uh, is it actually called Cordyceps uh, in real life? It is. Yes. Yeah. It's, that's two months, and you're still not dead. And it fucks ants up. Is that right, James? Uh, it fucks something up. It's it's a it's a fun it's a mushroom, right? But it, like, there are actual multiple cordyceps funguses, each tailored to different hosts, uh, so they can fuck up grasshoppers and spiders and all sorts. Well, that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. Uh, moving on to March, and Mars, the bringer of war, um, is the Roman god of war and uh, mascot of the month of March. Um, he would like to ask you, it's quite a timid question, for a god of war, actually. Ironically, not about god of war. Um, what was the Outer Worlds remaster called? I. What was it marketed under? I, I, I get where Mars is coming from, because yep. it's like how high-powered businessmen like to go to dominatrixes, isn't it? You need to, In your downtime, you want to do what you don't do at work. So. <laughs> be a busman's holiday, just throwing javelins Yeah, at exactly. You. Um, Just to clarify, this is the outer worlds, not the outer wilds. The outer worlds. Okay, well cool. I always, traveler. I, I always, I, I, I don't get those like mixed up in my head, but I always like mistype <laughs> the I or the O <laughs> whenever, whenever I'm writing about them. Um, that was a uh, that Spaces Choice Edition. That's oh, correct. Well yes. remembered, James. Yes, I tested it. It was dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Technically speaking, De- technical yeah, the term. Is, the game, the game, the game is good. Technically, it was dog shit. Okay, um, April. Uh, oh, actually, we we'll have. A, we were still talking about the Last of Us. So let's have another question. Do you remember? I have a particular character I play whenever I play the Last of Us, um, and he's actually the monster asking this question, which is why I haven't named a monster. Who, when I play as The Last of Us, who do I hard role play as? He's got one very specific combat gimmick. I can answer this one. We're facing Ceramus the Brick Knight. <laughs> that is right, yes. Hey. He hurls a brick at your head but misses uh, because you recognise his name. On to May, um, which is another month which isn't really named after anything. It's really freaking me out. This is now. good. This is like playing um, Nightmare. It's all like. <laughs> so we were talking a lot about the olympics in may and esports and things um why what 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 what's esporting event prompted this discussion in may why were we talking about what games could be made official olympic esports oh was something in gonna be in the Olymp? Oh, oh God! Can you name the game? You'll perish if you can't. Oh God! Does it, was it... Does it need to be the 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 name of like the event, not the games chosen for the event? Uh, the the there was a game that made the Olympic esports list. Was it Dota Two? No, <gasps> The Rock kills you with a sniper rifle uh, from Fortnite. Uh, oh, no! 
So, Alice, you're dead. Uh, you can help James as a ghost. Okay. Um, I mean, I re- uh, we were... Last I re- week, me and uh, James made history by recommending the same board game to each other. What board game were we discussing on the podcast in June? I'm giving up on the monsters now because I've just realised there aren't many months named after gods. <laughs> so just to be clear, is it you are going to murder James with your hands if... If yeah, he gets the question hands, right. fists. Yeah, I might use my gun to be humane. What board game are we discussing? In... It's based on a PC game. Oh, you went to the, the gaming show and you played it, didn't you? Uh, no, I looked you at looked it. You looked at it. I looked at it. And, you, and it was like it a prototype. It sounds a bit like the name of a, a famously and frighteningly hungry Frenchman from the 18th century. What? <laughs> <laughs> what kind? Do you mean you don't know about Terrar? Oh, oh, uh, oh Terraria. Terraria. No, no! <laughs> Curses! <laughs> you tricked me. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah, there was a, a terrifying Frenchman in the 18th century who ate, like, hundreds of tons of nails and stuff, and maybe some people. Very, very frightening. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so Th- we're on Thanks to, for uh... dropping that hungry Frenchman and fucking <laughs> up. <laughs> well, he's... Okay, he's he's burst into the room now to ask you July's question, so careful what you wish for. Um, and uh, what mistake, what absolute clangor... Uh, did I make uh, regarding eels and Scotland that month? Absolute clangor regarding eels in Scotland? Yeah. When you say abs... James wrote the article. Oh. Actually, this is an impossible the- question. But it's, it's just questioning your memory, I suppose. Eels in Scotland. Was this something to do with, like, the, the crab smuggling ring? No, it's a, this is a, a terribly, it, it's an awfully dull question. I, uh, if, I, I was going to say, is when you say or like clangor, do you mean like by the same standards that me and James would have, or did you give James a slightly wrong fact about eels? <laughs> I just realised actually, this is um, wow, yeah, this this was like reverse Nate because it did sound like I did something comical with eels, but uh, actually, I just misunderstood who had developed the game Clan Folk. Oh, okay. <laughs> Banger. Um, <laughs> they can't all be hits. Right, okay. Um, Clan Folk was quite good, though. I liked it. Are we both um, dead now, by the way? We've both been consumed by the man who eat the French bag. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, Terrar ate you. Oh, that's good, because that means I don't have to think up questions for the last few where recency bias would probably preserve you. Um, it's okay. We weren't lo- using this year much anyway. Um, we'll be done with it in, in a week or so. We can start on 2024 and you can live again. <laughs> thanks, Nate. Cool, thanks, Nate. <laughs> thanks for, for ending on such a banger as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask you an incredibly like pedantic trivia question about an error I made on air. Yeah, that <laughs> might, might not be the most exhilarating tower. But, um, you know, hey, could have been worse. Could have been electricity cop. <laughs> oh dear okay well thank you very much for that what happens to the tower is it going to get rebuilt i guess we'll find out next year um do you have any resolutions relating to video games next year lads i think mine is going to be i'm going to play more indie things that are cool so that i'm less of a a moany old cow (laughs) yeah that'll be mine I'm gonna um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and finish Baldur's Gate three, and then the lightning returns. Okay. <laughs> Do you have one, James? I don't know. I, I don't. I, uh, I'm gonna make more time for my for myself to play games for fun. Oh, yeah. Like, most of most of the time when I'm playing games, it's for work, which is like fine. That's not like a a horrible life. Uh, but yeah, it. And I guess play more new games, so it's not all just Team Fortress 2 again. <laughs> well, you know what they say, teach a man to fish and he'll never work a day in his life. There you go. 
teach a man to make a video game and <laughs> uh, that just about does it for this week's episode of the Electronic Wireless Show, the final of the year. And every week we recommend something that is not Team Fortress 2 um, or a video game. James, what are you recommending this week? So I'm going back on brand by recommending a condiment. Yes! Uh, specifically, Farring- Farrington's Meadow Yellow Honey and Mustard Salad Dressing. It is good. But- Oh, you've got yeah. So I've I've probably consumed more salads in 2023 than I have in any previous year of my life, and I think a good chunk of them would have been improved with a nice honey and mustard dressing, which I only discovered last week. Uh, but still, it's good. It's widely widely available, as I understand it. What you want to do is get a fourth dimensional salad dressing so you can dress the salads you ate in the past. <laughs> Be redeemed. <laughs> Uh, Nate, what are you recommending this week? Uh, everyone watched it ages ago, but um, I, it completely passed me by. I didn't even know it existed. I randomly watched Russian Doll, um, the first season, in one go. And I was very surprised because I I generally just loathe anything with like time travel, time loops, or more questions being asked than get answered because uh, I'm a philistine. But... Uh, I really enjoyed that show. That really, that, that really threw me for one. Oh. Wild stuff. Very good. Um, I am going to recommend Wonka, which is the film it's currently out um, with um, your man, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Slamo. Yeah, Timothy Slamo is Wonka. Um, I w- went to see it by myself, not really expect it. I just like going to the cinema. And I wasn't, I didn't really have high expectations for it, but I really enjoyed it. It's by the Paddington 3 director and um, um, written by him and uh, Simon Farnaby, who's a a comedy actor, he's in Ghosts and stuff and has written a couple of things. And uh, it's really fun. It's like someone accidentally gave a comic relief sketch a budget of many millions <laughs> and then they got like Timothy Chalamet in to do a cameo because it's like the cast is basically entirely jobbing you know British comedians and comedy actors and then Timothy Chalamet um it's what well, kind of like the lone human in a Muppets film kind of yeah although uh, it kind of works the other way around because like he's this wide-eyed very naive kind of you know uh imagine better things everything's gonna be okay and then like you know tom davies like hits him on the head (laughs) like Mm. uh it worked very well in that regard and uh it's also a full-on musical i didn't realize that because they've obscured that in all the trailers because i don't want people to know it's a musical but the songs in it are good i think they're very evocative of like older musicals um and it uses all the stings from the the gene wilder uh musical as well it's lovely. Um, I had a really good time oh, with it. Go. Yeah, great for kids. If you've got kids, good to take them. Um, yeah, I thought it was great fun. A lot of it was filmed in Bath and Oxford as well. And I didn't realise this until my mum was like, oh, I was in Bath when it was filming and, and show me some pictures of like Bath sprayed in fake snow in the summer. There you go. Um, and that's it for this year, lads. Nice one. Thanks, folks. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us week in, week out. We appreciate it. Any fond farewells you want to give, lads? I just want to say a a final thanks to the Discord. Um, I haven't been very active on much social media this year, but um, that has remained a a, a nice place to sit and occasionally uh, frisbee and indecipherable emojis. So thank you. Um, It's really nice to have a community. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd echo that. The Discord is very lovely. Um, always nice to drop in, uh, but also yeah, like thanks to any, thanks to any and all listeners, regardless of how prone they are to chatting about it in our predetermined chat <laughs> app. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, gang. Uh, if you want to check out the Discord, the link should be in the show notes. But apart from that, this is a, a goodbye from the EWS for for this year. 
It's Rock, Paper, Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, the only podcast you need, in my opinion. We'll be back next year. Uh, over the Christmas break, Rock, Paper, Shotgun will have a bunch of stuff going up, but we probably won't be tweeting much or any of that social media stuff. But if you want to find us, you can search us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Blue Sky. I think we're on Blue Sky, all the social medias. Have a look. Why not? Uh, 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 but for all of your PC gaming needs, just have a break, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother. Bye. Have an incomprehensibly powerful Christmas. Merry Bye, Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs>